This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Politicology. I'm Ron Steslow. And this is our weekly roundup, where we bring in a rotating panel of experts to discuss the truth you need to know behind the most important stories of the week and how they're shaping the political landscape. On today's all-star panel, making his roundup debut is Eric Cook. Eric is the founder of Downfield, a boutique communications firm and former communications director for New York City Council Speaker Melissa Mark Viverito. Thanks for joining us, Eric. Returning to the roundup is Politicology favorite, crisis communications consultant, and MSNBC political analyst, our good friend Susan Del Percio. Good to see you, Susan. On this week's roundup, the Facebook whistleblower's 60 Minutes interview and testimony before Congress, Donald Trump begging a federal court to make Twitter let him back on the platform and a new Make America Great Again Again pack that Trump launched late last week, how Taylor Swift... Yes, Taylor Swift is getting swept into the Virginia gubernatorial race. And finally, in our segment for Politicology Plus subscribers, we'll talk about the controversial video that came out last Sunday showing activists in Arizona confronting Senator Cinema in a bathroom. If you're not already subscribed, you can head over to politicology.com slash plus to get the plus segment and join our community. Let's dig in. It's been another bad week for Facebook. On Sunday, CBS 60 Minutes revealed that the Facebook whistleblower who has filed complaints with federal law enforcement is Francis Haugen. Haugen is a data scientist with a degree in computer engineering and a master's degree in business from Harvard. She's spent 15 years working in social media companies, including Google and Pinterest. And while, when Haugen quit Facebook in May, she took a trove of internal Facebook research with her. And in that interview... She said she came forward because Facebook is aware of how its platforms are used to spread hate and misinformation and that it has tried to stop that from coming to light. She echoed that in her prepared testimony before the Senate Subcommittee on Consumer Protection, Product Safety and Data Security. She said, quote, I came forward because I recognized a frightening truth. Almost no one outside of Facebook knows what happens inside Facebook. And in both the 60 Minutes interview and her testimony in Congress, Haugen focused on Facebook's use of engagement-based ranking, which is using algorithms to prioritize content that generates strong reactions, and the focus on meaningful social interactions, which prioritized posts from friends and family over brands and publishers. One of the documents Haugen took was a report that flagged concerns by major political parties across Europe, and the report says that the parties feel strongly that the change to the algorithm has forced them to skew negative in their communications on Facebook and that their attempts to gain more traction on Facebook have led them to more extreme policy positions. So before we dive into this, I just want to get your reactions to the 60 Minutes interview with Haugen and her testimony. Um, Was there anything in particular that stuck out to you? Um, Because as longtime observers of Facebook and the ill that they seem to create in the world, a lot of this felt like well, we knew that. 
Um, and there wasn't a lot of news here, but she did confirm a lot of things with documented evidence that we had never seen before. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, to me, you know, it, it, it's no secret that uh, negative uh, negativity is, is drives engagement online, right? We only have to look at uh, uh, basically everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but what it did do, as you said, was it, it reinforced uh, it, it reinforced that, um, you know, when I was watching. Um, I found someone who was very credible, who had uh, documented evidence, um, who had meticulously gone through it um, and was making in, in, in sort of very clear language um, just how negativity is, is driven on Facebook and how there are certain things, algorithms, uh, policies, things that Facebook can apparently turn off and turn on. Um, you know, th that to me was sort of the biggest takeaway that there, that there was almost this switch yeah. that Facebook could say, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to dial the fire hose back yeah. a little bit, but just for this couple months. Yeah. And then after that, we're going to turn it back on and, you know, good luck, everyone. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Like they actually had internal controls, dials that they had created specifically to tone down the heat. Exactly. And yeah, Susan, how did you read this? Well, First, I'd like to say the fact that you had to say another bad week for <laughs> another Facebook, bad week for Facebook, like that another is what's important here, because yeah. is this something that turns the tide because they keep surviving bad weeks? Yeah. And as far as the interview goes, besides bringing the receipts, I think that the other issue that made it touch kind of all of America is, yes, we knew about the political stuff, but the influence on girls mm. And the, the, the negativity out there, the body shaming, the anorexia, like what it does to to harm girls. And they could she also had the receipts on that to me is a turning point. And that really, I think, is something that everyone could connect with and say, wait, I know I didn't like my kids being on Facebook or Instagram and social media is a problem. But, oh, my gosh, like this is really a problem problem and it's not just politics or people being mean this is something that they're they're encouraging you know that that shock shocking behavior that the more outrage the more likes and and that I think hits home that made a big difference so you have basically you know the political side which I think everyone is constantly looking at and I think the fact that it was brought over from overseas really shows the the interest in protecting democracy maybe there more so yeah. than here these days. Um, but then again, making it into something that almost every household in America can relate to. Totally. And so, it, yeah. it, 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 the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues also is Facebook has a declining user base. There's fewer people using it. People are spending less time on it. Uh, you know, is this going to be another, is this going to be another sort of kick to people say, you know what, maybe I don't need my I mean, I basically think I only use my Facebook account to check to see whose birthday it is at this point. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think I've yeah. posted. But, you know, but then there's Instagram, which is also part of Facebook, WhatsApp, uh, which is obviously it's, it's big in the United States. It's massive overseas um, and other huge driver of misinformation. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's this sort of declining user base. Uh, an aging, as a millennial, it kind of hurts yep. me to say that, but as yep. a, a, an aging uh, user base. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, and f fewer and f fewer people are using it. And I think there's a pretty good chance that people are going to look at this and say, you know what, I don't need this. But yeah. it seems to also morph into a changing tool. So Arab Spring, it, hmm. was, it was critical, right? You know, when you go back, how information was being shared and what was happening. 
And then it seems like people figured out how to use it yeah. and, and then potentially abuse it. So if there is a potential good, mm. there I mean, there has to be some way of metering because also most people, I can't believe it, get their news from Facebook. Yeah. So you can't turn that switch off overnight. Like there is still going to be a lot of information out there. Yeah. And conspiracy theories don't have to be big and shocking. Mm -hmm. They can be grow, go deep and just slowly ooze into that environment. So I think that while they may have a declining user base, I think that there will always be someone looking to use it for something yeah. different and now probably only yeah. for the bad, not for the good. And it, it was the United States yeah. and Canada that have seen, I think, the biggest the biggest drops. And, and the flip That's side right. to the Arab Spring, where you know Facebook was used to organize and get people connected, is what happened in uh, Myanmar a few years right. ago, where mm -hmm. Facebook was used to perpetuate uh, yep. killings and genocide. Yep. And it, it, it's, 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 it's remarkable the sort of arc that this has taken over the last you know, see what your high school friends are up to. And then, you know, what's going on in Myanmar now, the, how the tools sort of shifted over the last 15 years or so. Yeah. And I wonder, we talked about this last week. Um, uh, we talked about you know, the, this, this terrific piece by Adrienne LaFrance about, you know, the biggest autocracy in the world is how she framed Facebook and thinking about them as a foreign power, which was a, a, a big discussion. And I wonder, you know, it, it, to, to both of your points, it's very difficult to, to um, yes, their user base is declining, but the amount of data that they have that, that that they get from tracking you everywhere on across all of the internet, regardless of whether on your you're on their platforms, um, it, is just enormous. It's difficult to think about the marketing landscape of the world without Facebook. And I, for better or worse, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but given all of the the remedies that have been bandied about, whether it's antitrust breakups or some kind of uh, content regulation, is there anything that either of you see as a, the, the most viable path forward to decreasing the harm Facebook seems to be doing, in particular in our, in our sort of inability to have a shared fact base, which is a necessity for having a, you know, the foundation of, of healthy discourse in this country, which we don't have, right? We don't, there, right. Yeah, so is there anything, like what comes to mind when you think, okay, well, that's a potential option. Like most of these things are never going to happen, but what are some what are some constructive? So here's here? the worst news to yeah. come out of this whole thing. <laughs> okay, someone else said it during the week. the The ball is in Congress's court to regulate, as usual. <laughs> okay, let me say that again. It's now up to Congress to create the regulation. So we have all the information. We have the whistleblower, and Congress can't even pay our debt. Like they're going to come up with really good regulation. I don't think so. I mean, yeah. there are motivating factors, but that in essence is the problem. There is there are ways to get there if there is good intent on both sides or any side to do it. But that's that's where it's limited. The collective yeah, us like we I, we can't do anything. There's no movement to start. There's no pressure points to start. It is on Congress. OK, but let me suggest something to you to react to. It is on Congress, but it isn't, it isn't not, uh, yes, it's not happening for lack of political will, although that seems to be changing now, bipartisan agreement that this is bad and we should do something about it. But the doing something about it requires understanding what the hell it is that Facebook does and they don't. Yeah. That, That's I mean, the problem. That, 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 that is, yeah. And, and I, I think, you know, the, the hearing the other day, uh, uh, Senator, you know, Blumenthal, we need to shut down, you know, Insta or whatever. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. It, 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 Insta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, 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 
it, it does require a, a, not just a, a, a basic understanding of this. It, it requires a very detailed understanding of what Facebook is. Um, what an algorithm what is. What an algorithm is, how it operates. Um, you know, time and again, uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's gone before the, the, the Senate and the House, um, and the hearings have been kind of, I mean, kind of duds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, 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 he speaks a, a language that they don't understand. Um, they speak a language that maybe he doesn't understand. And or doesn't I think care to, or doesn't care to, and and the public is probably is worse off for it. Um, it, it you talk about regulations too, and it, it also becomes kind of tricky because how do you do you regulate Facebook, and then does that mean you have to go and regulate uh, Google? Um, how how do this sort of like how does the ecosystems all like all interact with each other? Is it through the FTC? Is it right? Like so, there's mm-hmm. there's all sorts of like legal uh, and, and legislative things that are that make this exceptionally tricky which is probably to Facebook's advantage because once people start hearing, oh, FTC, FCC, Senate House, mm-hmm. it just kind of becomes this like yeah. this 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 thing that it's an alphabet soup. It's of, a cacophony of, of, of acronyms yeah. that we yeah. don't really understand. But and, the idea yeah. that they can't like I, I, I get that. And yeah. you've heard me say that before. And actually, I was schooled on I forget what subject like can Congress can actually understand the problems yeah. at hand. And, and someone took me aside and was like, you know what? They can because look at the banking industry, for example. And look at the regulation we do on our tax code. Basically, there are bankers and, and, and firms inside, private firms inside our government, basically saying how regulations need to work. We do it in the airline industry. We do it in multiple areas. There is no reason why Congress cannot hire people and bring them in and break this down. I don't expect my Congress member to know how to figure out what how the algorithms and how Facebook works. I'm okay with that as long as they're bringing in the experts. And that's where the will has to come is that they have to be willing to get serious and say, if we want to have a functioning society, the same way we want banking to be regulated mm. and airplanes to be regulated, the defense uh, department to have outside input on, on weaponry, et cetera. We can do this. Yeah. It's just that we have to almost stop saying, so like Congress is going to fix it. Like, I mean, I said that in the beginning, but they really need the will to do it. And and it is possible. And I do think the only thing that will motivate them is not the politics of it, but really the crying out from like parents around yeah. the country, because that is what's going to happen. Every time we see a death from and, and we hear about something that had to do with being on online bullying is an example, the the, the pushing into um, eating disorders mm-hmm. is is huge, um, and, and pushing depression, other issues like that. To me, is the mo the the, the modem that gets or the mode rather that gets us into the space mm-hmm. that elected officials will get the experts we'll pay attention. in and pay attention and digest this. Yeah. Okay. One of Facebook's biggest challenges also is that it's hard for them to, and this is why I think you know I think we're moving towards the pathway of of regulation. Is that it's hard for them to to generate positive news anymore. Um, Facebook is is a is a political tool, right? It's a it's a du- tool used by political advertisers. It's a tool used by political actors. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a place where tons of people get lots of news. But like, where is Facebook creating positive news stories from? Right? They they they've got some. You know, they they throw they throw money around. They they you know they they give money to some local news organizations. But it's not like these are like sustained positive uh, engagements that are that are happening over and over and over again. And you just have this torrent of 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 negative news. And and look, you know, there's one whistleblower. 
you know, for for every one of 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 the uh, of yep. this person, yep. um, there's probably more coming now, right? Yeah. This is someone who uh, who 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 took uh, thousands of documents, mm-hmm. um, and Facebook's pushback on her was, well, she doesn't, she's not an expert, yeah. in this, she doesn't yeah. work in this area, yeah. Uh, you know, you want to bet that an engineer who does work in this area is gonna thinks, well, you know. Yep. I, yep. I actually, actually do. I do know exactly and, what I'm talking and, about. And I do I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And 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 you can tell that there's this and, and we see it on you know in the in the in the forums and yeah. the the Facebook forums that get leaked all the time now. Um people are people are angry. Yeah. People uh, people who work there are angry. They don't want, you know, they've probably gone into this job thinking that they were gonna uh with with sort of idealistic uh aspirations of what Facebook can be and how it can connect people and all these other things. And they see what's going on, um, and there's clearly this like cultural that's built up there that's saying, "Hey, wait a second, this isn't what we want to do." Um, I mean, I expect to see even more for. of it. Yeah I, yeah, I expect we'll see even more of it from different divisions and different places of people who are coming forward and saying, "You know what? This isn't how it's supposed to be." You know, from a communications perspective, that point is really important. The the the, the constant drumbeat, the lack of negative, the lack of positive stories. The, the the sort of consistent drip of of negative stories, which Mike, Mike Madrid re- mentioned a few weeks ago, as you know, he described it as like the the refrigerator hum, right? It will build over time, and that that you can't underestimate the the effect that that sustained narrative is going to have. So, yeah, I think I agree. I, um, I mean, I think it's baked in at this point. Yeah, I think I think that there is a huge segment of the population that that looks at Facebook and says. Ah, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. And then there's a, you know, there's another huge segment of the population, obviously that yeah. maybe the news doesn't penetrate to them. They, you know, still get most of their news from there. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's not going to get smaller. Yeah. Which also brings up like, so if you're going to try and, and not, and break up Facebook as it looks like a monopoly, like they buy, if if they're not going to do it, they're going to buy yeah. someone who who's pr- coming up with the, the new next. Mm-hmm. And we are about due for the new, the new next. next. I mean, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram. Well, Facebook like, doesn't have a TikTok competitor, really, unless you count Instagram Reels. But like, and the question is, is is that next thing mm-hmm. being bought up by Facebook, or can or mm. can regulation mm. perhaps prevent that mm. to allow the next thing to kind of emerge and flourish, whatever that may be, and it will no matter what. Yeah. But I do think to the de- between the declining use and, and the drip, 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 yeah. to Eric's point, maybe it's also the fear of the next is out there. Yeah. We I mean, just don't know what and, it is. And there's also yeah. this sort of hovering issue of, of online privacy. And, you know, to the yep. point you made about, you know, Facebook, you know, marketers, and it, it, it's sort of following you everywhere you go. You know, Europe has very, has pretty strong yeah. um uh, pro, you know, you have to opt in, you know, anyone GDPR. who goes online, right. You see it, like you have to click 16 different boxes <laughs> and, really and, every, and, and every time you, you know, every time you re-log into a hotel Wi-Fi, you have yeah. to click them again. Yeah. Um, right. But it follows you everywhere you go. It's across the ecosystem. Uh, you know, Facebook has to, you know, buy into it. Um, all the other, you know, on all the providers have to, not just the, the services, but the providers have to, you know, uh, yeah. to buy into it. You know, we don't have, we don't have that here. Yeah. Um, it's something that actually Facebook, you know, has, has advocated for, cause they want, you know, if something happens to them, yeah. they, they want to make sure it happens to Twitter. They want yeah. to make sure it happens to Google. Yeah. They it's make good sure it happens, for their business model. It's good for the business yeah. model. Um, but, but the, 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 it hasn't, you know, while people individually will tell you 
to a person that they value their privacy. It's mm-hmm. not an issue that's sort of blown up across the political spectrum in, in a, yeah. right? If you poll, totally. if you poll people, online privacy is not something that's going to be high. However, yeah. if you ask them, is yeah. it important? They'll say it's very important. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think that, you know, to, 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 to Susan's point on building sort of like this wave to, to actually get, yeah. you know, to, to, to create regulations is, you know, online privacy and, and the way we interact with the internet um, is probably going to have to become more of a, a, an actual, um, you know, top issue for people. I think it's only going to over time. I mean, it, it like if we take this conversation, just zoom way out and look at the sort of, you know, just humanity as a whole and the tools that we have just like invented to connect ourselves with that are completely unprecedented in, in, in our history. And now we're just, we're, we're trying to cope with the ramifications of stuff that we don't really know how to deal with. Right. And it, so, it moved so far. Yeah. I mean, we walked on the moon, what, 1969. Yeah. And yeah. now all of a sudden, like, you know, you have with the power of a, a, a graphing calculator, yeah. uh, right now yeah. the iPhone I've got in front of me has, has, uh, millions of times more yeah. capability than, than that. And, you know, it, 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 it since it moves so far, so fast, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the culture and the, and the government and the regulations haven't been able to just have, you know, the title to the that, you know, that the Internet providers mm-hmm. argue over is a like a 1930s era yeah. telephone regulation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where they were like, exactly well, te- right. where they're like telephones is a utility, utility a public right? good. Right. Right. And that's from that's literally from the 1930s when people are like, well, if we want to connect these farms in Oklahoma to, yeah. you know, Oklahoma yeah. City. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, uh, I, I, I think we're only going to see more and more. I mean, as we go forward, it is inevitable that more people will become smarter about this and have more robust debates about it in public. We're just, we're, we're just at the beginning of this, I think. Speaking of social media, In a court filing late last Friday, Donald Trump asked a federal district court judge for a preliminary injunction that would require Twitter to allow him back on the site while his lawsuit against the social media platform plays out. There is a good explanation of this suit in an MSNBC opinion piece by Jessica Levinson, who's a professor at Loyola Law School. Trump argued that Twitter was censoring him by imposing the ban and that Twitter had been coerced by Trump's political rivals in Congress. Sorry, I'm chuckling because we've heard this one before. Trump uh, and his attorneys have argued that because Twitter has a big impact on public discourse, it benefits from a federal law, Section 230, and that it allegedly worked with government officials, uh, the aforementioned rivals in Congress, that it is the government. Levinson described the legal arguments as, wait for it, Real stinkers. <laughs> this case has... That's the legalese I understand. That's the legalese. We love it. Mm-hmm. So this case has almost no chance of getting Trump back on Twitter uh, because if a judge did force a private company to allow Trump on the platform, that would be an actual violation of the First Amendment. Um, not his, theirs. Losing won't be anything new for Trump. Obviously, in his attempts to subvert the election, he lost uh, 61 of the 62 election lawsuits his team filed. But I want to dive into the reasons why Trump is asking the court to get him back on Twitter, because actually this has nothing to do with a good faith legal argument. I think everybody, this has nothing to do with the First Amendment, but it does have everything to do with politics and power. So Axios published an article on Wednesday showing Trump's post-office online engagement hitting new lows. Um, Clicks to Trump content have gone from January 20th, 4 million a day, 4 million clicks a day down to 100,000 or so 
per day, which is where we are now as of October 2nd or something. Um, uh, that's a drop in 37% in August and September compared to the two months prior. Um, and there were 26% fewer news articles about Trump in the last two months. So like, he's just tanking. Nobody's talking about him. And to a sociopath, to a narcissistic sociopath, that is the worst possible thing that can happen. So now that we've had about eight months without Trump on Twitter, how has his has absence been? <laughs> I know, I know. Wow. It doesn't, not, not at all long enough. Um, how has his impact, how has this impacted uh, uh, just Twitter at la- writ large and, and just our, our political conversation? I mean, it, Twitter, you know, you, you still see reporters and others, you know, post his, uh, his, 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 his press bizarre statements. <laughs> and, you know, he tried to create a, uh, he created yeah. a blog and tried to say it was something else, which was like, which was, uh, which was very funny. Was- I mean, you know, there is a bit of, um, you know, uh, he is sort of lying in the tall grass though. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, as much Definitely. as, as much as it's easy to, yeah. uh, you know, enjoy him, uh, you know, not really having a megaphone. Um, you know, he still has a, a an iron grip mm-hmm. on the Republican party. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't, you know, while, while Twitter has always been a good, uh, tool of his and has, was his tool. Um, and you know, quite frankly, it was something that he was good at. Eighty-eight um, followers. Yeah, I mean, he he, you know, he 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 used it in a way that was that was effective. Um, but you know, Nikki Haley the other day said that she doesn't picture a Republican Party without Donald Trump or doesn't want to. Yeah. Um, so you know, while he's not, uh, you know, while he's not maybe reaching uh, folks like us with any sort of regularity, um, you know, clearly the apparatus uh, still exists. Um, you know, he's got, uh, the, the, the new super PAC, uh, make the, America the, great again, yeah, the, again, yeah, the, again. The, which, the, which we're going to talk about the, the origin the, of yeah, that in a minute, but the, yeah, the, the, the new, new super PAC. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, he, he clearly has this, this, this iron grip on, on the Republican party and that's not going away whether he's, he's on Twitter or not. Yeah. Susan, what's your read? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because. Donald Trump said right before the lawsuit that he really likes this new method of getting his message out. It's very eloquent, is that what he, elegant rather. He said, it's a very elegant way of delivering my message. Hmm, pen and paper. (laughs) (laughs) But that's right right about Donald Trump's speed. But that is one of the questions, one of the issues that has come up over and over is when will Donald Trump announce he's running for president? Whether or not he actually ends up doing it. Now, if he does announce and make himself a candidate, Twitter will be in a position that they're going to have to put him back on because mm. have, being a candidate for elective office, now we're getting into a whole different set of rules yeah, on Twitter. That's right. So he may be, t- I think that's one of the reasons why he keeps raising it because he wants to use that as a, as mm-hmm. a reason that they should allow him on. Of course, there's a lot of downside for him yeah. and what he can and cannot do if he becomes sure. a candidate Oh, yeah. He does not want to be so a candidate until the last minute possible. That's yeah. where I think he's just kind of balancing and throwing this out with, yeah. with the lawsuit and things like that. But he he's not losing his grip on the party. That's for sure. I yeah. mean, that that's without yeah. question because there's only some place that his message will be amplified. Yeah. But I, I mean, mean we, Donald Trump not on Twitter. Okay, good. Like yeah. that's good. And, and, and like Eric said, he's still in the hot, you know, he's laying he's down still there. Lying in the tall grass. Yeah. That is such a great analogy because yeah. we talked about the rally in Alabama at mm-hmm. length. Speaking of tall grass, it was in a field in the middle <laughs> of nowhere between Huntsville and Birmingham. 30,000 people showed up in that field. Yeah. And, Without and masks. With, well, yeah, of course. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and you know, if, 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 if 
anyone bothered to watch the entire thing, I noted at the time multiple times, these rallies have taken a complete turn uh, for the worst from what they used to be. So, so yeah, he's not going anywhere. He doesn't want to uh, announce for president because of a host of, of uh, federal disclosure requirements that would trigger. He doesn't want to have to do any of that yet. Um, but, uh, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that this is a ploy to raise money. I mean, ultimately, this is like legal defense. Like, they're censoring me, raise money. This is a fundraising tool. Well, That's also, what this comes but, down well, to. Also, it's a file a lawsuit so we can, like, you have to defend me and my lawyer. Like, they're going to raise oodles of money on this. I don't know. But what I do know is, is that the fundraising pays for these types of lawsuits. Well, yeah, totally. So more, I think, I don't think, pays for I, I think the Twitter thing is, is somewhat of a fundraising tool, but I think he's only doing these lawsuits now and he will at least be able to pay. Attorneys know they can get paid because there's enough money in the fund. <laughs> Seriously, about yeah. who will file it. Like, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised to see more suits going forward from him because he now has the resources. Yeah. Because guess what? He's off the Forbes 400 wealthiest oh, people. Oh, yeah, list. that's right. He took a drop. and <laughs> So I'm sure he has to make noise over that somehow. Yeah. But I, it, this is, he now can actually fund some of the things he wants sure. to do, which is yeah. actually really frightening in a lot of ways. Yeah. It, it's 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 also very much sort of like the 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 cycle of Trump grift, right? Get kicked totally. off Twitter, complain about it, totally. raise some money complaining about it, yeah. to file a lawsuit yeah. to complain about it, use yeah. the lawsuit to raise money about being kicked off Twitter. It's it's this sort of With like gr it's a grievance cycle. Yeah, it's just it's just yeah, it's an endless sort of grievance cycle. And 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 his 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 people love it. Um, you know, his base loves it. Yep. Um, it's what, you know, it's what he used to, to catapult himself into, uh, you know, political relevancy, you know, about a decade ago now. Yep. Um, it's, it's a tried and true tactic. He's going to keep doing it. Okay. So speaking of Trump last week, a Trump donor, Trishel Odom, I think I'm saying that right. Accused, uh, former Trump campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, of sexual misconduct, a Trump spokesman said last week that Lewandowski will no longer be associated with Trump World. Trump, capital T, capital W, Trump World. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't make that up. Uh, and indicate that's one of the things. Sorry, just as a side note, Was that I will never, gold? that I will never miss. <laughs> just the random title casing of irrelevant words in a sentence. Just. <sighs> anyway, the spokesman indicated Lewandowski would be out of the super PAC. Make America Great Again action, but that's proven difficult for Trump to do since Lewandowski is one of only two board members for the PAC. And that is why Trump's team launched a new PAC called Make America Great Again Again. Yeah, <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> like, wait, remember the, remember the Stephen Colbert, you know, what, uh, something for a better tomorrow, tomorrow, right? It's it, it, you can't make up how farcical it is. So uh, in the press statement announcing the new PAC, it was declared the only Trump-approved super PAC. Uh, yes, so gold-plated indeed. Beyond the hilarity of the new name, uh, what does it mean that Trump's team hasn't been able to force Lewandowski out of Make America Great Again action? And is there, any, is there anything useful to say about this? Uh, so he here's the thing. Yeah. We can see once again that the Trump team is always sloppy. Mm -hmm. They don't realize what they're getting into. How do you only have two people and trust Corey Lewandowski, who, <laughs> Corey Lewandowski, who you already fired before? You make him one of How two board members. How many times has he been fired? I mean, you know, and, and, and that just goes to show you just because he's out of Trump world now 
doesn't mean he'll be out of he won't be back in. Oh, yeah. What I find in you know not interesting, but it's just so typical Trump world, capital T, capital W, is that it wasn't the offense of of mis yeah basically groping yeah a a uh, a person a woman it was groping a donor mm-hmm. so that interfered with Trump's money mm-hmm. he that's what he didn't mm-hmm. like he could care less what <laughs> he doesn't what care Corey's about the going. salt yeah he doesn't care what <laughs> that you know well we know he keeps hiring the same people who commit those kind yeah. of crimes so yeah. that's just par for the course when it comes to Trump but it is it, it's just so disturbing yeah. and yet so typical that it was it was sloppy. Yeah. And that it's you just know Corey's coming back. In other words, <laughs> I mean, he par never, for the Doral course, whatever. Yeah. He, these these folks never actually leave yeah. the orbit. Yeah. Um he, like as you said, he's he, the same people keep coming back over and over again. Uh you know well, in terms of the super PAC, you know, I'm actually very curious to see how they actually use it. Um, Trump is obviously notoriously very stingy with his money, mm-hmm. um, with his money, you know, with other people's money, sure, they'll spend it, but yep. with, with money that, you know, money that they take in. So how, are, what are they actually going to be doing? Are they going to actually be supporting candidates? Are they going to be running ads? Are they going to be using it for rallies? Are they going to be using, you know, what, what exactly? Well, they've been yeah. doing that yeah. with that pack. I mean, that's the, what they've the been one. doing all along. Now they just had to re- rejigger the resources. Yeah, but there's still money in it. Right, like there's still there's still money in the pack. No, they, they, can't dra- get, the pa- oh, they think, drained it. Yeah, I think they drained uh, okay. it. Okay, because okay. there's also let's not forget Corey knows, and, and I forget who the other board member is, but they can't they can't take that money because Trump, Eric's right. Trump looks at that as his money. He raised it; it's his, and they don't want to. They do not want to go you know, have Trump that angry at them. No yeah. one, frankly, yeah. does um, in, in that orbit. So they're not going to keep his money. Um, that, that is, you know, going too far. I think the problem is, is that they just couldn't dissolve it fast enough, which was the problem because they don't want to stop raising money. So they had to make the switch in order to continue raising money. Yeah. So we'll see. And super PACs are interesting in that, in that regard, right? You have, you have to create a board. Um, in this case, they created a two person board, which is kind of really unusual, which is really unusual. Is it Pam Bondi? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Pam Bondi right. is Pam the other Bondi. board member, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it creates this, right. It, cre- it creates this funny situation where you could have a one to one split. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not like the 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 Trump orbit. You know, is 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 you know ethical or whatever. But it's just like a bizarre yeah. two person board. Why would you do that? Uh, yeah, I, I, most of them are a little bit bigger. They're odd numbered. So you never have a, a split yeah. vote. So you don't have to, you know, right. you don't have the situation you have where this. you can, you know, you have to literally basically dissolve a super PAC and create another yeah. one or drain a super PAC and keep it alive. It's a, it's a we very just weird say one situation. Thing just only because like for some of your listeners is like, just remember a super PAC is a pack. It's just a regular it's a pack, pack with a cover letter. We folks. call, we call it super, yeah. but it's really and like any other pack, we say it when it's when it yeah. raises a lot of money. Well, what we should say is it has it has a dis, it has a distinction in that it is disconnected, right? It is disconnected. Right. That's a that's a term that means something in legal jargon for the FEC's purposes. It just means that it's completely independent, right? And that's right. what makes and it a super a pack. pack. Like it's not categorized. Yeah. Sure. Like when you go look them up, like they don't say okay packs and yep. then like separate categories. Yep. Super packs. Right. Yeah. No. And and I think that. That's where like <laughs> this this Corey Lewandowski Pam Bondi's thing is going is it's just gonna be an empty shell of a pack. Yeah. 
and that's that's and it. That's it. It's like an un- it's another Trump venture that's sort of fallen on its face and is going to go on in a zombie form for a couple <laughs> and years. And I guarantee until... you, the lawyers or the accountants <laughs> who are overseeing it will get stiffed. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's no they way they will get, not get paid. No way they get paid. <laughs> okay, this is. This this next segment might be one of my favorite that we've ever done. It's completely bonkers, but it's one of my favorite that we might have ever done. So just weeks before Election Day in Virginia, Democratic candidate Terry McAuliffe has started targeting Taylor Swift fans online with digital advertising. So according to uh, 538's average, uh, McAuliffe has a two and a half point lead over Republican candidate Glenn Youngkin. Uh, but a poll released by Emerson on Wednesday has uh, the race at a tie. On Tuesday, the McAuliffe campaign launched a series of Facebook, Instagram, and Google search ads targeting Yunkin for the role he played in purchasing Taylor Swift's master recordings in 2019. For the non-Swifties listening, in 2019, the private equity group, the Carlyle Group, uh, where Yunkin was the CEO, worked with Scooter Braun, who is a media executive and quite uh, controversial these days, to acquire Big Machine Label Group, which is the record label where Taylor Swift began her career. And in the acquisition, they took control of all of her master recordings and refused to sell them back to her. Uh, Taylor Swift actually called on the Carlisle Group to intervene in the deal, and the purchase sparked a major controversy, which is now years long, uh, between Swift and Braun. Many fans across social media came to Swift's defense using the hashtag, we stand with Taylor. Uh, and if you've ever encountered these fans on social media, you know that they are, a, 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 they are an interesting variety. So the McAuliffe campaign, and they're very, very passionate. The McAuliffe campaign is targeting voters who like and engage with Swift's content on Facebook and Instagram and people in Virginia who search for Taylor Swift's name on Google. Uh, and all of this is according to The Verge. So. Um, the reason I want to talk about this is because it's 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 very creative, uh, and it's it, it's very creative. I have no idea if it's going to work. It's very creative, but, but I really hope Terry McAuliffe has something else. I mean, I hope he, yeah, sure. That's not going to get him where well, he needs to I go. I don't know. <laughs> have you ever encountered these Taylor Swift well, fans? We have seen we have seen her involved in politics before. Yes. And it has influence. in in forty eight hours. She she told people to go register to vote, and and more than one hundred sixty nine thousand new people had registered to vote, and most of them were in the eighteen to twenty nine age range. It's crazy. I think the value is in the story, and that people are like us are talking about it. Sure, but maybe. I, I, like I said, I really yeah. hope he has something else. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, do you think this is going to work at all? I have no idea how many Swifties are in Virginia, but. I mean, it, it, it got a bunch of press. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're talking about it. We are. Um, I actually, I have some friends down there uh, working on the race and people noticed, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it People noticed and it's something that's a sort of different creative um, attack. It actually goes to some of the stuff that, you know, it brings up some of his uh, his issues with the Carlisle Group, which is totally. a huge, you know, huge conglomerate. And he, he's sort of running as a uh, uh, an everyman, when in fact he was a, basically a private equity CEO. Yep. Um, so it does have a sort of roundabout way of getting back to, you know, McAuliffe's overall message on him that he's, uh, that, you know, private equity, that it's yeah. predatory and that's this and that. And look what they did to, you know, one of the, the, the biggest recording artists yeah. in the entire world. And if they yeah. can do that to, to Taylor Swift, what does that do to the, to the, to the voters of Virginia? Totally. I think it's a very creative way of getting at issues that actually damage him almost by proxy. It's a way of sneaking in and letting the the people who consume this messaging 
draw their own connections to that problematic yeah. profile. Yeah. I think that's actually pretty powerful. And, and, and you know, it, it's e- even, you know, we're what, you know, four weeks out from from the election. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still, you know, without paid media, it's still hard to, 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 to penetrate, yeah. to actually reach people. This yeah. is it's a story that's actually reached a lot of people. And I, I you yeah. know, it's 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 been in a bunch of the local papers in Virginia. Um, it's been on local TV in Virginia. It was a very creative uh, and good way to actually to, to, to talk to voters. Listen, I don't yeah. I don't fault it. It's fine. You want yeah. to spend 50 grand on something like that. It, yeah. That's fine. And it's a good hit in itself. But when we see that voter enthusiasm yeah. is so down. Yeah. I actually think these kind of stunts can also hurt who he needs to come out to come out. Mm, like, say more. Why? Because it's not serious. And people right now want to know, like, Suburban women yeah. want to know why they should come to the polls right now. They don't care about what's happening okay. with Swift. Like, I just think that that's where the message needs to be sent. This has to, and it has to be consistent. Um, McCall's doing a good job trying to thread that needle between being anti-Washington mm-hmm. and anti-Trump and pro-Democrat policies. It's a, it's a very tricky walk, and I rather see him because I as a Republican right now, prefer to see him win because I think it's just better responsible governing, frankly. Um, I think that he has to stay on that serious message and really not let, I get that this is is cute and everything, but I I, I think with four weeks to go, you keep hammering. You want to do something underground trying to get the youth vote out. That's fine. But they're really probably not coming out if, if turnouts already looks like it's it's decreasing it's low yeah so. yeah okay so that's that's fair the question is whether or not at this stage in the campaign it's a turnout game or if it's if, or if this is actually gonna you know if a if a decrease in his favorables is actually gonna you know change the ballot at all i, I you know the, the other day uh, uh trump you know injected himself into the race is a big big help injected himself again to the race big help for big help for big help for terry mccall who's yeah. been running against them and, yeah. and <clears throat> susan made the great point of, of of balancing um the sort of dc insider versus yeah. uh you know outsider um running with the democratic party versus running against uh you know what 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 he sort of said about how the the the, the bills have come together in washington um, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's, it's not the easiest environment, um, for him to run in, mm-hmm. um, which is why I, I, I actually, I, I, I like the, I like the Swift stunt a lot yeah. because it, 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 it is something that is different and it, it is, uh, it, it's a different take on the attack totally. on him, as I said. Yeah. Um, and it, it just has people talking about something that's not the, you know, bipartisan infrastructure package and all this other stuff that's sort of been, uh, you know, dominating the debate. Um, in a way that, you know, maybe hasn't been very helpful. Also, I will say my my millennial yeah. friends. Yeah. Are they talking from, about it also? From, no, meaning the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from the middle-aged woman. Aging, <laughs> aging millennial friends. <laughs> that um, it's great that it's buzzing there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not buzzing. <laughs> for you? For, for, in my world. Like it's yeah, just, well, no, guess and, what? Uh, and I'm this guessing, cohort is the one that actually needs help turning out and paying attention, so. Well, listen, I'm happy when I see more people participating. Yeah. I'm all for getting yeah. as many people to the polls. You know this. I yes. don't care if you're D or I. Yeah. Vote. Voting yeah. is is the way our democracy functions. But again, and Virginia is also tricky, by the way, yeah. because of its, its positioning so close to yeah. D.C. It almost yeah. feels like it's part 
Totally feels like it's part of DC. The, yeah. Well, like, Northern Virginia anyway. I mean, which. But yeah. there is a sense of like there, it does kind of get incorporated yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You're right, Northern yeah. Virginia. But um, and and, and even <laughs> Eric, you said it. You said it's a stunt. Like that's the stuff. Like it's you a don't, great stunt though. It, it maybe, but is it? Okay, well, let I me tell you why. I'm not going to knock the stunt, okay. okay? But I'm just saying it's a stunt. Sure. I think it's a great stunt yeah. in that way. But mm-hmm. I still think it's a stunt. And I think that it re- that's where Republicans kind of gear up. We see that and we're like, oh, let's just go hit on everything else. He wants to talk about Taylor Swift. We'll hit them on this, this, yeah. this, and that. Yeah. Because that create and then that creates the opportunity to move that conversation from stunt-like and targeted audience to a bigger audience. So politically, I just don't wonder if that doesn't potentially take conversation from other places. Okay, and and in all seriousness, though, this is part of uh, a a multi-million dollar persuasion budget. Yeah, right. Um, So it's one piece that we're talking about. It is a piece of of a much bigger picture that's happening. Okay, so I have one other thought on this, which I think is is, uh, in the this is a cool idea category. Which is it? It isn't to me. It's sort of a novel way of of bringing in culture to the political fight, which we all know that most of our political fights now are all just proxy fights for culture war, right? That's what they are, and this just feels like a a really effective way of getting people engaged in the political process who don't really care about it, but really care about culture a lot, um, and in particular, a younger cohort who needs help needs needs coaxing needs cajoling to get involved to get out and actually vote so contrast this just then contra- have her do just, an yeah, ad yeah, just yeah. have her do an ad vote for terry mcauliffe this thing i mean was taylor all- doesn't have to do anything no, but i'm just saying if ta- if ta- if that was the ad yeah that would do what you sure, want but my, actually but no doing I, it through this well here's my here's my way. question here's my question Contrast this to other ways that celebrities have traditionally gotten involved in politics because it tends to not work very well when they oh. themselves get it right. So, so which she to be clear, she's not involved, right? In right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like she, but but so but in, there's where the sway comes from yeah. is when she says go out and vote, and over a hundred thousand people in two yeah. days do that. That sure. is the sway that you were talking about, yeah. the influence. And since she's not part of the campaign, yeah, it is a little. You have to go from one to two to get to to three, and that does not tend to typically motivate yeah. younger people. They are motivated, in fact, by celebrities. Mm-hmm. We do know that, not at the numbers mm-hmm. that many hope. Yeah, but that is a good motivator. Yeah. So she wants to do. If Taylor Swift wants to go out there, do a, a, an ad for for yeah. Terry McAuliffe. That's fantastic, and I would give that a lot different weight. Then I do this ad campaign. Do you see any parallels between this stunt and Republicans um, creating a lot of hay out of canceling Dr. Seuss? Is there anything I mean, that, similar that, here? That was a that was a a, a sort of flash in the pan yeah. two day. You know, m- was it McCarthy read it on in a read? read <laughs> was a it Dr. Ted? Se- was it well, McCarthy? one one of them know. read Somebody like read a Dr. Seuss yeah. book on a on a video yeah. or something. Yeah. No, I mean that 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 was uh, that was a you know a, 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 a one off thing, and, yeah. and it was. And it that was, was not, about that was about the pub the 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 owners of the family member not yeah. wanting to publish certain books because right. they were deemed yeah. to now be totally spun upside down. Yeah, it was spun completely yeah. upside down. Yeah. But they their choice, and then that's when the Republicans came in and said, "Oh, you're canceling Dr. Seuss," and yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. It's. 
it is almost the same. I'll I'll equate it in this way. They were both stunts that didn't really affect people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We'll keep an eye on the Taylor Swift thing because I think it is going to have an impact. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just interested. I'm first of all, kudos to the McAuliffe team because it's very creative, I think. And, uh, and, Let's let's keep an eye on and it. And the Virginia Democratic Party. For sure. Been, I mean, Virginia Democratic Party has been doing a great job really? at defining their opponent. Yes. Uh, they've I, been doing an excellent job. They have been they have been dogging that man for uh for months now. Hmm. And you know, his is and and they are they they've been they've just been doing a great job. Rapid response, research, everything. They've done a great job of defining it. And to that point, you see, you know, when we talk about kind of the inside politics game, mm-hmm. that's exactly what the state party is supposed exactly. to that's do. That's what they're supposed that's to do. Exactly they are doing it so so Terry can run his campaign and stay on his message. And the state like you just don't see it. Like as someone who kind of grew up in local politics. Like I love seeing the state party mm. work for the candidate. It shows that they also, it may help them in a lot of their down ballot races mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to help. It'll them. help them next year when there's yeah. uh when, when, you know, Virginia gets redistricted, there's going to be a bunch of house point. seats that are going to be pretty competitive, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, having a, having a strong state party in a state like Virginia, which has obviously, you know, gone, you know, more blue over the last, you know, 15 years or so. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be very important. What yep. could be a tough year. Yep. Okay, now that we are up to speed on a few of the biggest stories this week, let's talk about what you're watching, Susan. Vaccine mandates. Okay. Okay, so we know that New York City public schools, there was a lawsuit this week. It was denied that all public school workers have to get vaccinated, mandated vaccines. 95%. That, vaccine, that that practice has been there. There was warnings but de Blasio put in about a month ago that it was the case. 95% of public school workers are vaccinated. Here is the next challenge. And Bill de Blasio is looking at this as vaccination of public safety workers, mm. police, fire, correction workers. Now, here are some numbers. Pol- and, and the city, by the way, New York City, 83% of its adult residents have had at least one shot. 83%. Wow. Police department, 68%. Fire department, 59%. And correction officers who, remember, we're saying we need to get it first. We're in this environment and it's raging. They are at 49%. So I think that this is, when we start seeing this, and and it's not going to mean much to a lot of your listeners, but in New York, there's a a doorman lobby, which Mm -hmm. is very influential. It's Mm -hmm. called 32BJ. They just said that basically buildings can have their employees man or mandate vaccinations, which was huge in a labor negotiation. Yeah. And that's also why the unions of police fire corrections getting into this fight and probably losing based on what we've seen will set the stage for California, mm. for other states. Now, the governors and mayors may not want to do it in other states, but the fact that it can be mandated and, and generally pushed into acceptance mm-hmm. is, is is critical for us coming out of this. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but I am curious if you happen to know um, what the vaccination rates are among inmates, if corrections officers' vaccination rates are so low. And how, do, how does... I do, do not I works? do not know. I do know, though, during the height of the crisis yeah. in New York, they were one of the most populated, uh, that population was very high in, in having the virus. Yeah. 
So at yeah. some point, either they have the shots. There could also be herd immunity there. I don't, and I don't know if it's require if anyone's looking to require that the inmates have it. That's a very, very interesting very question. Interesting. Yeah, that I I would definitely look I, at. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. That's really great. Look ahead. What do you got, Eric? So in this week and in the coming weeks, we're going to start getting more and more uh, congressional maps of uh, legislative districts, uh, local plus the congr- plus the congressional maps. Uh, you know, it's going to set the stage for uh, for for the midterms next year. Um, and it's, you know, quite frankly, depending on how the various gerrymanders go, um, is going to determine whether or not uh, Democrats can even have a, a, a chance at keeping uh, the House. Um, you know, uh, uh, Texas put out their maps. Ohio's putting out their maps soon. Um, Oregon just finished theirs. New York tried to, but we kind of failed. And now we're going to have, we're going to have new maps in, uh, in, in January. Um, you know, it, it is, it is a huge, huge deal. Yep. And, uh, it, it's, it's very hard to uh, underestimate just how important this is. Um, and, and what these districts are going to look like. Um, every state is doing it, you know, basically however they want to, whether it's yep. an independent commission, whether it's controlled by Republicans, controlled by Democrats. Um, and it's it's basically going to determine, you know, up front um, the feasibility of holding together the, the Democratic majority. Yeah. Is there any in particular state that you're that you're watching closely? I mean, it, it, uh, it, it's obviously like it, we should be watching the entire map. But is there I mean, any New York, here? New York is, is a big one. Um, New York has, has, you know, since we, 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 there was a independent commission that came out yeah. a couple of weeks ago, the maps were like garbage. They're not going to be taken. The legislature is going to do them. I think they're, they're doing, they're doing January. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a state where we're, we're losing, I think one or two suits. I forget what exactly it is. I think it's, well, um, it's, it's, it's what's it's interesting. The yeah, they're, yeah. They're losing the one and the one will be probably Tom Reed in upstate New York. Yeah. But what's interesting in New York and like, and this is where you have to keep in mind redistricting is not all bad news for the Democrats is they those lines for the remaining congressional seats. We have a bunch of Republicans that those lines tweak just a little bit. They can't hold on their oh, seats. Yeah. Yeah. They, it looks like in New York alone, even with losing a seat, yeah. they still may be a net win of about five seats for the Democrats. Yeah, Democrats might that's, pick up seats. Because that, of that The wow. way they're now, by okay. the way, and that's because of. German and, and, <laughs> and the state legislature is yeah. able to do that. So we went from independent commission, right, yeah. which we like, we love independent. But I don't. I, and, well, that's a different well, story. Well, that's but, a different story. Yep. But it sounds good to sounds good to clearly partisan Democrat only input yeah. on the maps. Yeah, so I mean, New, New York, York and New York yeah. and California are the big states. I think that, I forget yeah. the exact number, but the the percentage of, of of House Democrats that come from California and come from New York is a is a fairly you know a fairly significant number. Um, so depending on what the lines look like in both those states, uh, that's how, you know, Democrats could potentially keep a bulwark up up. margin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I should clarify, I, I, that was, uh, uh, I do have strong feelings about independent redistricting commissions, but it is not that I don't like them. It is that I think that they take what is an inherently partisan process, no matter how you dice it. Um, and they just take up, they take, they can be a step in the right direction for sure. They can be better than what legislatures produce, but, but. They, they, you know, they take a lot of the deal making that is usually done by a legislative body out in the open, and then they just put it between three people behind closed doors, <laughs> exactly. and you can't really see what's It'll, going on. It so is that's a little the, bit like a pope. We get white smoke, and all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's lines, yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. Um, okay, so the thing I'm watching. This is uh, very long term, and I have nothing particularly 
uh, actionable here, but I um, I had a really great conversation with uh, Professor Don Green at Columbia uh, while I'm up here in New York um, uh, yesterday, and we were talking about this meta-analysis that he has done. Uh, a meta-analysis is you know, basically a study of a whole bunch of studies to determine whether or not they were methodologically sound. And what they were looking at, uh, he and his... Um, he and his co-authors were um, basically the effects of lots of various techniques of prejudice reduction. And uh, so when you think of prejudice reduction, think, um, you know, bias training that gets done by, you know, mandated by HR departments and corporations and organizations. And basically what they found was uh, the emperor has no clothes so far. They looked at um, uh, some some very large number of studies uh, and the methodological uh, um, uh, quantitative analysis uh, basically concluded that there's no evidence yet uh, that any of these techniques show a so show a quantifiable result in in um, in decreased uh, prejudice and so. I just I think this is a really interesting thing to watch over the long term, especially as we see lots more sensitivity training imposed at corporations and and you know this this dovetails with lots of conversations about uh, about you know critical race theory and school boards and all kind like it's just it's a one big hairball of a conversation, but I think that piece of it is very very interesting, um, and that doesn't mean it's not possible. It just means that the techniques that are being used are not. Um, methodologically sound. And that's, um, so I will, we can link to that study in the uh, show notes if any of you are interested in going down a very academic rabbit hole, but I thought that was interesting. Eric and Susan, before we go to the after party, aka Politicology Plus, where can people find you on the internet? On Twitter at Eric D-K-O-C-H. And your new firm is? Uh, it's called Downfield. Congratulations, by the way. Susan? I'm on Twitter, Del Percio S. And you can find me on Twitter at Ron Steslow. Thank you to everyone at home and on the go for listening today. You can support the show by joining the growing, thriving community of Politicology Plus members and gain access to hours of special content designed to help you think like a political strategist and look further down the road than everyone else and understand the forces and figures shaping the fight for democracy. You can unlock this premium content at politicology.com slash plus. If you have any questions about anything we've talked about, you can reach us, as always, at podcast at politicology.com. Even if we can't respond, we do read everything you send us, whether it's an episode idea, a guest recommendation, or just a simple note about how the show has impacted you. And we love hearing from you. I'm Ron Steslow. I'll see you in the next episode.